Hey, and welcome back to the Bigger Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Zhao, and today I've invited Will Kang on his final day, not his final day, on the final day for me in NMH 2020 to 2021, and you'll graduate in three days. Yep. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I think that graduating is... Well, for me, anyway, having not had, like, the greatest high school experience, I would say. I did it my way, but it's not your ideal high school experience. Why I would say, say that there's... Hmm? Why would you say that? I, mean, I would say that because a lot of people think of high school as a time to, you know, get a girlfriend, make lots and lots of friends, um, just, like, you know, study hard. And, you know, I mean, obviously, there is an element of self-improvement and growth, but... I don't think there's been nearly enough of that in most of these, most of my peers, as I feel like has like it has gone on in me. I feel like there's been mm-hmm. my high school career has been a lot more about developing myself, becoming a better person, and kind of all these other external factors of of do I need a girlfriend? What are my grades going to look like in the next like you know two months? That has all kind of been thrown out. Because that's not something that I actively think about. Yeah. Obviously, I speak about it with my friends and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's not something that I truly and actively seek. And hmm. yeah. yeah, I totally feel you. Because it's sort of the image of high school, or like just a um, peer pressure or just social pressure. Like when you just, I don't know. Like when I look, when I when I say for me, I want to set a plan for myself, set a goal for myself this wouldn't be part of my plan because it would just be distracting but um when i'm here you know i see all those people around me like my roommate like you know all these people in in the dorm around campus doing things you just want to follow it and it's hard for for me certainly to like hold on to my value absolutely yeah so how 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 do you do that i mean i think that for me anyway i think my greatest the, the great thing about my time at NMH is that I kept my circle of friends pretty small from the jump. Mm. Coming in as a new sophomore and like being in a dorm that was literally just seven people, there wasn't that much ability for you to branch out. Mm-hmm. But the bonds that you did branch out and make were super duper strong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that kind of web of friends that I've kind of, you know, threaded over the past three years that I've been here, obviously it has grown in size. Yeah. But the core of that web has maintained it's I guess shape it's it's been I guess bolstered it's been hardened it's it's super strong mm-hmm. and I have people that I can depend upon mm-hmm. when I you know when I feel like I need someone to talk to or mm-hmm. I feel like there's something going wrong yeah like, I always have a support group that I can go to and I think that a lot of people here I feel like they spread themselves out way too thin Mm. And you know they they develop a lot of these shallow relationships exactly. where they can't really talk um, that openly about issues that they're struggling with. And I find that you know being unable to do that is is very you know it swells up inside, and you actively diminish your high school experience. You know the times that you're enjoying because you're so focused on these issues that you can't really vent out to your friends. And obviously there mm-hmm. comes a time and place where you need to be speaking. Like where you can't really bring it up, like you know, you, you're 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 eating dinner and everybody's laughing. You can't just be like, oh, um, I have cancer or something like that, you know. 
it's, it's, yeah. it's just not something that you it's not something that you should do yeah. and so I find that that is like a lot of people just don't have that yeah and, exactly yeah and I think that being able to just have like a support group that you can refer back to and you know constantly talk to if you need to be heard yeah I totally feel you cause like this is my first year in animation and I mean this is your third Mm -hmm. Um, but what I felt throughout my this year's experience is that I have had um, you know I I have a lot of friends and you know I I I, I would uh, I would like throw myself out there and just like talk to a lot of people and but a lot of these friendships so so uh, or it's just it's just I don't feel it's like that friendship because like we would just like say hey what's up like you know you know greet each other and like say hi and like when there's issues we would talk about it but but not like those truly um, fundamental or like personal issues you know it's no like it's hard like for me now to look back in my first year in NMH it's like hard for me to find someone to really trust a hundred percent and say okay here's my life story here are all my weaknesses like I feel like you know in 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 school in general not just just saying in NMH it's like or in society in general, like everyone's fake, you know what I mean, sort of. Like yeah. people pretend that they are someone else all the time, like to I show would... like not not all the time, but like just like show like a you know good side, their good side, you yeah. know, like people wear makeups, you know, people mm-hmm. um, do their hair or like um, like. Uh, play songs, you know, out loud that they don't re- really enjoy or something like that, to so that they can show this image that appeals to the majority, but yeah. is not truly fundamentally yeah. theirs. I would say that, I mean, while that is true, um, sometimes those relations, like I have this kind of way of visualizing friendship, and it's kind of you can connect with them fifty percent, seventy five percent, and a hundred percent. And saw oftentimes the 50% relationships where you just kind of speak to them on like a very surface level, you know, you can like go to parties with them or you can go to, you know, eat food with them, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes those relationships are the best relationships to go to when you're trying to have fun. I think that each kind of relationship that you build with a human has a function, not just for you, but for them too, you know, Mm -hmm. and whatever the front they're, they're putting up. It's best not to overthink it because it's something that I struggled with in my first two years here. Mm. I was so focused on what they had on behind Mm. this front that they were putting up. But I realized that even if they did have a front putting up, like had a front put up, it wouldn't matter because the fact of the matter is they're still talking to you. You know, Mm. no matter how much of a front you put up, they're still talking to you. They still want to actively get to know you. Mm. So, you know, these people are here, they're readily available for you to talk to, you can go meet them, and you can develop a a, a somewhat deep relationship with them, or a shallow one, depending on what you want. Mm. And I would assume that the person would want to do the same with you. You know, it's it's important that, 
you know, while there are fake people here, sometimes that can be to your benefit. You know, mm. you have so much on your plate already as a student here. And, you know, on top of that, obviously you have to decompress and, and, and you know, speak some truth to, to people that you care about. Mm-hmm. People that are actively here listening to what you have to say. But then there's also some people who are, you know, um, hello. 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 Good. We're, we're doing a podcast. Yeah, we're recording a podcast on right now. 1 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. So, um, you know, yo, yeah, just to like give you a context, we're we're doing in the TV room of our dorm in Shea, and it's 1 a.m. and security is not good. So, have a good night. Have a good night. Yeah. Um. So, getting back to your point. Yeah. Or do you want to continue? Yeah. I just think that. So I was talking about how. You know, shallow friendships are not useless. They do hold purpose, and I think that they are useful. Not just for you, but for the other person. I don't like to view friendship as a a one-way street, you know? Yeah, exactly. You obviously have something to give, Mm -hmm. and you will receive something in return. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, the shallow transactions do just as much as the deep transactions. Mm -hmm. If someone comes up to you and says, yo, do you want a bag of chips? You might not know the guy, but them giving you that bag of chips might be just as meaningful to you in that moment mm-hmm. as someone coming up to you and saying, yo, I heard that something really bad happened to you. Let's talk. You know, mm-hmm. in, And it varies moment to moment. Sometimes, obviously, you don't want to be talking about stuff, and in which case it'll, it'll be difficult to, to, to have that conversation with that deep friend. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes the shallow friend, you know, offers you something or, or wants to do something with you and you're just not feeling it. Hmm. So we kind of move through, and I don't know if I'm like phrasing this correctly, but all you, all these friendships that you make, they come as necessary. Like hmm. if you need someone to come and get you a bag of chips, even though you don't know them, they will do that, and it will happen, and you'll like it. If you need to go talk with someone because something really bad is happening in your life, it'll happen, and they'll come talk to you. You know. Hmm. That's kind of how I've seen it for the past three years. Yeah, no, I, 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 I kind of feel you. It's, it's, yeah. Now it's, I'm just like sort of tracing back through images and like scenes where where I have you know some issues and then I reveal it and then start a conversation or like just brief stuff. Not, I, I mean bag of chips this year because of COVID you know not really sharing <laughs> yeah. food but s- similar things you know we're, we're, we're like sharing stuff and it's a brief exchange and then you start a conversation it's I mean I, I, f- I, I feel I understand that everyone is like looking for new conversations or like new friends but it's sometimes hard for you know, for people to expand yeah, their friend group. Like, um, today I was, you know, today's last day, like, I was out there, I, I just met, like, a few few friends from, like, soccer team, and we went down to the soccer pitch, and then we just met uh, some people there, 
we just had a pickup pickup game sort of and then you know like that that was like some small things that just sparked and then you know started like talking and then yeah it's like it's like these small things will start but um i don't know just throughout my I don't know this entire year it's just like it feels sometimes it just feels hard for me to find, yeah. find new people to absolutely talk to. and I think you know maybe my word is not the best because you know I'm coming from an incredibly unique position where I'm not going to be returning to this campus next year mm. um, and it's incredibly no pressure for me to go out and talk to anybody because chances are I won't be seeing them ever again <laughs> yeah or you true. know not for a very long time yeah and so you know Obviously, my advice to you, wildly ineffective as it may seem, is just go, go do it. You know, what is there for you to lose? I mean, that was my issue my sophomore and junior year. You know, I would tense up at social gatherings, I would be super duper quiet, wouldn't want to talk, and I would like awkwardly grab, like, grab my friends and pull them away just to say something that I did, really didn't need to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I totally feel I've done that all the time and you know I've kind of now realized that you know mm -hmm. see yourself in the people that you talk to most of the people there are just as anxious as you are you know if there's someone standing in the corner go talk to them because chances are they're feeling exactly what you're feeling and most of the people in those large gatherings don't know what they're doing you know if you're traveling as a as a group you, you aren't really thinking you know you just kind of go where everybody else is going and, yeah, and, and even the leader sometimes happens to just drift off, right? And so, you know, just go in and, and talk to people because there's really nothing bad that can come out of it. But, you know, for me anyway, in my experience as a senior this year, because honestly, if you are unable or unwilling to go out and make these relationships, then they will just simply not happen. They don't just fall on you by chance. You know, I was put into a dorm of seven people my sophomore year, and I had to claw myself out of my comfort zone just to get to where I am now in terms exactly. of get it, like just now knowing most of the people in my grade. Hmm. You know, I and even now, like there are still some people in my grade that you know I walk by and I'm like, who is this person? I've never <laughs> seen them before. Yeah, like know it happens. you know, I. I've made an effort to meet new people, even though I really, really, really didn't feel like I wanted to or felt like I need to, needed to. And, you know, my position now is one of great privilege. I can, you know, go to most people and, and say, what's up? And they'll be just happy to talk to me. And I think that a lot of people right now just aren't willing to do that. And like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's our advice to every underclassman every year, just go out and talk to people because really all that you need to start a good friendship is to just go and say hi. That's literally all you need, truly. That's like the hardest part. Yeah. It's like, it's there's the a quote part. for it. Yeah. Like to do a thing, to, to like start a thing is like you're, you're you did, you know, eighty percent, or I, I forgot the number, but something like that. Yeah. That it, it, because it's the most challenging mm -hmm. part of it. But when you actually are put in that situation, you just flow with it. You know, mm -hmm. it is, like I've had countless conversations where 
I mean, sometimes I might start accidentally or, you know, they would start it and just, just like start talking for a long time. Like first time I met you, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. How did that start? I, I, I don't remember. But I, I just remember like yeah. we were just like talking for a really long time. Yeah, we did. It's, it's, it's hard, but it, it's so simple, but it's so hard at mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah. It's like the advice is just go like yeah. to, for everything. It's just like when you want to date someone, that's just the the just go like go for it. You know. Yeah, I mean, obviously for me as well, it's incredibly difficult even now. Mm. You know, I'm not incredibly keen on going out and putting myself out there to talk to someone that I don't know. Mm. Like I think that's just you know how it is. We don't want to you know confront things that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes. People do find that fun. I certainly do not. <laughs> but, you know, I would always, like, I was told by a friend my sophomore year that the easiest parts, the hardest parts of the race are the beginning and the end, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because going out there and making the friendship is the hardest. And then ending that friendship is the hardest. Hmm. And then, you know, it's just in, in between... You don't really think. You're yeah, just focused exactly. on getting that next step forward, like you know, getting in that next step, getting in that next step. Exactly. And you just keep going. You, you, you just let the friendship carry you. But yeah. I would like to sort of like call you out on that, or not call you out, but like hold you off on that point of like ending relate or ending friendships. Because for me, I don't really, you know, sort of end friendships as Absolutely. like I would, I would, I would text a, I think a that, person like. No I'm sorry, friends. Jim, but we're I not feel like anymore. we're not friends anymore. <laughs> yeah. I am no, best friend I would with say Ben. Ending friendships yeah. is not you actively ending the friendship. The hardest part is, you know, saying goodbye. Yeah, we're all, sure. you know, as seniors, we're graduating. And, it's, and, and, you know, it may not seem like it, but these are some of the hardest moments of our lives. We're saying goodbye to friends that we've, we've had for four years. You know, and obviously there'll be opportunities for us to see each other again. But there will never be a time until our reunion where we're all going to be gathered up in a space like this and, and you know, be being in an incredible position to be able to talk to one another, see one another face-to-face all at once, you know. And mm. so, you know, however your, your friendship race may end, there is definitely a difficulty in learning that with every beginning is an end and learning to deal with that end is some of the hardest shit you'll ever go through. Seriously. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm saying goodbye to some of my best friends who have worked me through so much. And it's hard. I, some of these friends I don't think I'll see again for another two, three years. And I'm used to seeing them every single day. I'm used to eating with them. I'm used to, you know, playing sports with them. I'm used to skating with them. Mm. Like, you know, they were some incredible relationships that you just don't have control over because you're graduating. And, you know, as a sophomore or as a junior, it may seem far away, but, you know, two years will go like that. You really can't, there is no real frame of reference for how fast this time is going to go. If you look back at your middle school years, how fast did it take for you to get from seventh to eighth grade? Or, sorry, sixth to eighth grade? Like, how fast? I mean, it went so fast. It was ridiculously fast. It was like, like a black hole, sort of. because... There was really, because again, you turned your, you know, you, you didn't turn your brain off, but you kind of let the relationships that you made do all the work. And yeah, exactly. 
at the end, when you chose to come to the school, what happened? It was hard saying goodbye to all of your friends. And then it was just as hard to meet all these new people. But now that you've met a lot of these people, moving forward isn't so tough. Yeah, exactly. And then there comes that flashpoint again where you graduate high school and enter college, where you're faced with that same challenge. And then you meet that same challenge when you're graduating college and then entering the workforce, or wherever you're going to be in a social setting. Mm, and exactly. You know, these are all hurdles that we need to learn to leap over during our time drifting along with our friends. Yeah. And we are vastly underestimating just how hard each hurdle gets with time. Because I'm still coming to, to raps with how I'm going to graduate high school and how I'm going to survive in college. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And I have, what, three days left to do it. It's like a 50-pound weight has just been dropped on my head and I can't do anything about it except cry about it because of how much it hurts. That's yeah. actually so true. Yeah. Just like to think back, you know, for me, it's... I, uh, I, I mean, I can't, like, jump forward to look at how I graduated my senior year. I mean, I might listen to this podcast my senior graduation day. I don't know. But to look back to my middle school years, I mean... I mean, it, it was hard at that time, but like after it, you know, you sort of forget it and then it's sort of, you, like, like you said, other relationships just takes it off, carries it on. Mm-hmm. Those friends are sort of lost, you know, not like, they're still there, but it's like you, when you have issues, you no longer go to them. When you, when you, when, when it's just like the the bondage is not there like I, I i'm thinking like a lot of my friends you know i i, I haven't talked to in a long long time yeah well i mean obviously it depends on person to person depends on person to person but yeah but like those my closest friends like those were i when whenever i have anything i would go to them like it's gone it's it's like wave you know you, you have one wave carrying oh seems like it's unstoppable comes and then you come to a point and it just stops and it just fades yeah. back and it's gone there was a time where I thought that that wave would just follow me through my life and, yeah you know obviously I still have some friends from middle school elementary school who I still talk to that's on a regular great. basis that's and, and, I've, and I've tried my best to maintain these relationships um, before I came to NMH I was at a school for seven years oh. and cutting ties with those friends or not being able to see them again for a long time was incredibly difficult but if you put in the work to maintain those relationships as you grow older these relationships become much stronger and you become a better person through the work that you put in to, to maintain a steady friendship and, and be happy with the people that, that you surround yourself with you know yeah um, it'll happen that some of your closest friends will, will leave your side but there's also a chance that some of your closest friends will stick by you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm hoping. Obviously, I don't know because I haven't gotten there yet. But there's an incredible amount of power in being able to go back to some of the best friends that you've made early on in your life and just talk to them after five years past graduation. Just say, hey, wasn't it so funny that 
you got high off of your ass and decided to jump into the pool or something like that, you know? Yeah. Something like that. And just, you know, and kind of flood yourself with or emulate the kind of environment that you spent time in with them mm -hmm. just through telling people about things. Like, I don't know. I think I got a bit lost there, but... No, I, I, I can try to catch you there. It's like those, those like lost or friendship or like just like those friendships in the past it's hard to maintain. I mean, it's definitely fun. Like, you know, like a reunion, mm -hmm. you know, 10 years later, you know, everyone would have so many things to say, but it's, it's, life is just, come, it comes and goes, you know? Mm -hmm. Like me being an NMH, I have a new, new set of friends, you know, I have a new set of like, it's like me, like, um, let me try to use a, what's a word, parable, not a parable, metaphor, metaphor, or, 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 or metaphor. An analogy, analogy, that's the word, thank you, I'm like a web, not a web, but like a ball, yeah. that has webs, and that's like rolling forward, you know, I, right now, I'm caught in the web, that's like, that's called NMH, you know, you, that expands, all the NMH people, like, you know, students, faculties, you know, friends, coaches, teachers, all those things. And when I roll back home, when I'm leaving tomorrow, it's going to be a new web, you know, it's, I mean, I, I would still carry, like, I would still carry, like, not dust, but, but those threads that I still carry with me, but it's only a few that I would continue rolling with. Yeah. And I mean like the graduate the twenty class of twenty one graduation. I mean I've made a lot of friends in your grade, but probably would, wouldn't see them in a very long time after I would say I would say that I I like your metaphor, but I would say that just as your ball rolls forward and, and creates new threats behind it. Yeah. You're gonna get dragged back. You're gonna be held behind. Yeah. And in order to progress forward, you need to let some of those bonds go. To stop that resistance from, from pre that prevents you from moving forward. It's perfect analogy. And so, you know, what you need to do is mm -hmm. kinda of understand that when you when you leave a place, yeah, there's a certain part of the relationships that you make that are left behind with it. You know, the residue of a spider's web remains after the spider's web is broken. Mm -hmm. The spider may be gone and the web may be deteriorating, but but the, the tenant, like the, the, the I guess web. the thing that holds yeah. the web to the walls stays. And and just as you leave an image, the residue of your ball web will be left on the walls of the corridor that your ball rolled through. Exactly. And, and then when you come back here one day, you'll be able to look at them and be like, damn. Yeah. That and, is and, my impact. And you can like sort of connect with it again. Mm -hmm. It's just like. Absolutely those reunion things again because like I'm thinking for it maybe you know a few 15 days later I might like visit my previous school again or something like that mm -hmm. it's just like looking back at my previous webs and looking at people that I used to know so well and now you know I come back sort of like an outsider but not an outsider mm -hmm. yeah and yeah. you know it's always fun to go do that it is but you know never forget that 
in order to move forward, sometimes you should let things go. It's it it is what it is, you know. It's it's hard, and it's like the same time you you, because letting things go, it's for for your best, and for your best, it's like you have your own sets of values or or something that you discovered that you really are passionate and you really want to focus on that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean that's like the hardest thing for me. You know, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Actually, it's just like it's hard for me to like focus on one goal because there are so many say distractions around, and you know sometimes you're just not feeling it. Sometimes you know you, you see everyone around you doing something different, and you want to do that too. But it, you know that it's not gonna help you progress to where you want to be but you would still do it because everyone else is doing it or like the peer pressure it's it's just hard for for me to like hold on to a set of values and to start of the podcast you were talking about how you just you know try to be yourself yeah it's it's so simple it's well, so hard yeah. i think that i mean i definitely don't agree with me trying to be myself now that i kind of like revised what I've said. <laughs> My sophomore and junior year, I was definitely not someone that I that I truly was. Because again, I played that front game. You know, I, I pretended to be something that I truly wasn't. I was, you know, a complete asshole in my junior <laughs> year. And I regret everything that I did. But at the same time, that was some of the most intense joy that I had felt through having fun, just being an asshole and just running rampant with no self-control. And you know, it's just, it's, it's incredibly difficult to stay true to who you are if you're distracted. That is without a doubt true. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly difficult to maintain self-identity when you have so much being juggled on your plate. Mm-hmm. I am now 18. And for the past three years of my life, I've been struggling with trying to figure out who I truly am. And it's something that you really will never truly understand until you hit around the 50, 50 year mark, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm, I have no idea. I'll, fi- I'll figure out who I am somewhere down the line, but at this very moment, I have no idea who I am. And the best way to, to learn who you are is to just behave the way your, your mind or your body tells you to. Right? If there's something that you see people doing and you say, or in your mind tells you, that's not, no. And it walls you off. Instead of breaking through it, sometimes it's best to listen to what you are telling yourself. Often, if it's something like people are telling you to go play soccer and you're tired, you're exhausted, but your mind says, no, and your mind says no, but you personally say yes, then you kind of, you know, come to blows with what you really want to do. Exactly. And that's when you really engage yourself. Because your mind is really not telling you what you do. You are. Imagine yourself as a metal ball, and the distractions are pulling you one way with a magnet, and your mind is pulling you the other way. And you, as the metal ball, have the, the power to pull yourself out of that magnet field and roll whichever way you want. What will you do? If someone is telling you to come play soccer 
and you are super duper tired, what would you do? Would you pick up the ball and kick it? Or would you walk back up to your dorm? Because you're so tired that you might pass out. That if that's the case, I would just walk back. I mean, it, it really comes down to... Because it's always a process. Like, when 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 I'm thrown into that situation, I, my, my mind was definitely, like, suddenly have this, you know, thought process or in, like, this thought bubble or whatever you call it. Just, like, me being confused on what I should do or... Why shouldn't I probably like think for a long time, you know, but it's because all these things, you know, decisions, decisions, and I'm poor at making decisions. Well, that's something that, you know, you can't really expedite the process of decision or of learning how to make decisions. But yeah, you know, with every mistake comes an opportunity to grow, not grow. Because you can make some dumb fucking mistakes, and you won't grow from them. But with every oppor- with every mistake, it gives you an opportunity to revise, and and see what you did wrong. Not necessarily learn from what you did wrong, because what you did wrong might be what you want to do in the future. It doesn't matter. You know, there's no there's no need to correct things that go wrong. You know, but with every mistake, find the fun in it. Like, if something goes batshit, like, if something goes terrible, find why it's fun. And if it's fun, and and if there's truly nothing fun to find, then, you know, you've learned something about yourself. I don't know what the original point that you were making was, but I'm kind of excited to go down this mistake route that we're going on. Like, Mm -hmm. I have made a fuck-up with ramen cooking too many times. (laughs) I've never learned from my (laughs) mistakes of, of burning ramen. (laughs) <laughs> but it's always so fun to just like hold it out to people and, and show them the travesty that I've made in my bowl. And it's like, yeah, look at what I've just put into my bowl. It looks like a stinking pile of shit. Like, I just like point it to them. And they're like, what the fuck did you just do? Oh my God, it's disgusting. You know, I could use it as an opportunity to learn. But I don't learn because it's so funny when I do it. I enjoy it. That's what I enjoy. And so you've kind of taken an opportunity or a mistake slash opportunity you not necessarily corrected yourself but you've learned something about yourself some you know you've learned something about yourself that you enjoy doing you can learn something about yourself in not to you know fuck up ramen again but Mm. you know you learn a lot more about what you truly want to do after each mistake that's actually so good. Like, if you kick a soccer ball down the corner and you kick it wide, so it so it exits the pitch. Exits so the pitch. far that it exits the pitch. Exits the pitch. I like the way It's you funny. Play. It's funny. It's truly funny. Like, if I'm playing third soccer and I just kick the ball and it leaves the pitch, I will laugh. Like, I will laugh. Like, I enjoy it. Like, it's funny. I'll correct myself, but I've learned, like, you know, I've learned that I should not do that, but at the same time that it's incredibly funny. Mm. And I've learned that when my friend is having a tough time, me going up to him and, 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 and you know, pushing him around and, <laughs> and, and poking him and being like, well, what the fuck's going on? Why are you being so sad? You know, he's really upset. And I've learned that I should not do that. And I've learned also that me doing that to other people not only makes me feel like an asshole, but it makes me look like one too. Yeah. And so I want to not do that. 
because it's my best interest. It's in my best interest and everybody else's best interest to not be an asshole. Yeah. And you know, you could say that my junior year was one giant mistake in that I learned that I am not supposed to, or I do not want to be an asshole. And you know, each year is a mistake waiting to happen because there's always something that you learn about yourself through that year. No matter what, you will never have a perfect year because if you have a perfect year, the next year will be exactly the same one and it'll be just as boring. If you do not fuck something up in a school year, well, one, you're not human, but two, <laughs> how boring is that? How That's boring is it to boring. be not put on the hot, the hot seat and be blasted for what you do wrong? Like, I have been to Korea and I got pissed drunk pissed drunk when I wasn't supposed to because I'm underage mm. and my mom saw me come home pissed drunk and she yelled at me so hard that was my ass blast moment mm. because until then I had never done that and my mom put me on the hot seat and fucking yelled at me what are you doing mm. why are you out drinking it's 2am you have your classes in about 3 minutes 3 minutes you are not in any like shape to go to class right now. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I still went to class. And like, it's moments like that where you're so drunk that you can't even think, but you still show up to class. It's stuff, it's, it's stuff like that that's fun. I had to sit through that class, nodding back and forth like this. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it, but I'm rocking yeah. back and forth. And my teacher was just staring at me. Like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> right? And I'm just like, I'm here, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm in class, I'm participating. I was not, you know, I was going like, <laughs> like, you know, with my mic muted. Oh my God. And, um, you know, that is a mistake that I made. I learned to not do that again, but it was so much fun. And I realized that, you know, it sucks to make my mom upset, but it's also super fun. And that's something that I learned as a young adult that being mischievous sometimes in the right situations is thrilling. Now that's a terrible example for people listening yeah, to this podcast. Yeah, I mean, but and, I can, I can but I feel think it, it. But I think it I illustrates the example perfectly that there are different mistakes that you make that make you learn different things. Mm. There, there are things that make you learn about what you enjoy, what you shouldn't do, and things that you shouldn't do that you still enjoy. You know? I, I, I totally And there, there are a hundred other configurations for the emotions that you feel per each mistake. But I totally get you. But the underlying messages with each mistake comes an opportunity for you not to learn about the things you did wrong, but the things that you enjoy and the things that you can do better for yourself and in understanding who you are as to not get lost in this world of facade. Because everybody wants to seem perfect. I do too, like absolutely. And that is a mistake. And at one point you will realize that that is a mistake and you will but, learn from that. Yeah, about but people, yourself. people would still do it. Yeah, people will never learn from. They will yeah. never learn from mistakes. Yeah, like, you know, it, it's just life. Your social media account is a giant mistake. Mm. And you will realize, I mean, I still use social media because I'm a goon, but <laughs> you know, you will realize that the front that you're putting up will teach you what you truly are not. Like mm -hmm. I put up on my, I, I fronted that, you know, 
I was doing all this like fun stuff with friends. Really, I was just in my room playing video games all day. And, you know, I realized that this is not really who I am. And I've taken down all those posts. I don't think about them. I don't want to think about them because they're terrible. They don't reflect who I am. And I'm trying to be what those mistakes have taught me to be, which is just a normal dude who enjoys being with friends and being by myself in my room. Mm-hmm. That's something that I think a lot of us or a lot of people who will probably listen to this podcast can understand. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have so many things to add on to it because... Go for it. That, I, I don't know where to start right now. I mean, just starting from your, your latest point, it's like the, 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 the sort of social society... What or the image that society pressures us us to do is to oh, go out there like be friends with everyone like take pictures inst- and post on Instagram with everyone and you know sort of like well, feel not everybody's like, like that not not everyone's like that but I feel like it's sort of what a lot of social media Western culture is a lot like Western, Western culture, culture definitely I would like you know you and I are both very well pretty Eastern yeah. I'm just saying, like what 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 I felt in my previous year yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. Like you have to go out and you know, meet new friends and like do all these things yeah. and, and 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 sort of devalues the importance of also be enjoy the state of being by yourself because well, I mean because. Being by yourself, you can do so many things. Because, I mean, with other people, you can achieve a lot of things. But sometimes, sometimes, you just have to sit by yourself would, and do some things. I would say that different people function very differently. That's, like, that's, sometimes, that's, that's true. You know, sometimes, or in some cases, being by yourself isn't just isn't for some people. I'm simply explaining the things that I've learned about myself. Mm. Obviously, what the things that, that have you know that I've said about myself don't apply to everybody, and I hope it doesn't, because then that would mean you know you're like me, <laughs> which is not a very <laughs> attractive thing. <laughs> Being like me is not something that you want to be. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like you know, each individual is different. They're unique. They're beautiful, and they're lovely. You know, and they will exercise that freedom to be who they are in whatever way they want to be. Even if it means that they're not being them, you know, let them do that. But some somewhere down the line, you'll understand. The, yeah. Everybody the, will find everybody out who will. they truly are, and and then they'll look back. If you played the front for thirty years, you'll be like, oh my god, I was such a doofus for thirty years. Mm. You'll understand that, and you know, the earlier you recognize it, the less hard it's going to hit. You exactly. can play a front for 60 years and you can drop the facade and you're going to look like an idiot because you just dropped your pants in front of people in front of a giant web of fake friends you've cultivated. Hmm. Yeah. And they're all laughing at you because they've realized that you're really not who they think you are and they think you're a fraud. How are you going to respond to that? You know, how do you, how do you navigate a social environment where everybody knows that you're fake? Well, we're doing it right now, but at the same time, we're in an environment where we are learning who we are. If you 
are amongst people who know who they truly are and drop the facade. You are the odd one out. You look like an idiot. And so, at this very moment, in high school and college, everybody has their walls up. They're all walled off. Who they are on the inside is not visible to the human eye. But as you grow older and as you move through, I guess, the gauntlet of life, those walls begin to fall. And if you have not let those walls come down by the time you're 40 and everybody else has, they're all going to be looking at you. And they're going to be like, why, what, why does he look so different? Why is he so different? And once those walls do come down, they'll probably laugh at you. I mean, that's what they did with me when I kind of stopped being an asshole. They were like, oh my God, you're so different. Ha, ha, ha. But they also were very open and accepting of who you are. Mm. So as hard as it is to stomach the facade coming down, there's also a lot of warmth that comes with it. And, you know, you might... You might be like, oh my God, I, and you know, for all I know, you could be putting a facade up right now. I'm not gonna question whether you are, because it's not my place to, because this is merely a friendship that we are using to produce this kind of content. Mm -hmm. You're may very, you know, you possibly might be, but once that comes down, people will accept you no matter like no matter who you are they've done that with me they've done that with almost every senior here who has let those walls fall slowly you might build new ones as you enter a new social environment but you'll let those walls fall as you as you progress through that and then you enter the workforce and, and you you grow older and, and you have a family whatever old people stuff old people those walls fall. There will be constantly have new walls built, walls tumbling down all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's that acceptance, the sweet acceptance, acceptance, sorry, that comes after a truly humiliating. It's like, okay, here's a really immature way to put it. You have a giant fucking cock. <laughs> like, let's say you have a giant fucking penis, and you're you're like walking down the street and your pants just fall down. Everybody's laughing. But then they're like, oh my god. That's a nice cock. <laughs> and they start clapping. It's <laughs> awesome cock. You know, like, they'll be like, yo, yeah, that's an awesome cock. Why didn't, why, why were we laughing? That's awesome. You know, like, it's kind of like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a weird analogy, but, I I, but you like, got your you know, point across. Will, like you'll you'll be laughed at for the first couple seconds, and that'll be like fucking having a million syringes and like injecting all sorts of different serums into you. But after that, after all the, the shit comes out, you feel fine, and in fact, you feel good. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's like it's like. It's like, would you bleed for five seconds to not bleed for the rest of your life? Or would you not bleed at all for the first 15 years of your life and then bleed for the next 70? You know? Yeah. Like, how, like would you rather enjoy long-term happiness or short-term gratification with incredibly terrible complications in the long term? Let the walls fall and enjoy yourself. 
you know, you know, I mean, obviously, I have the issue still. I still have a couple of walls that I haven't let fall down. But in all due time, they will come down. They have, they, it just naturally does for most people. Some people will wall themselves off for the rest of their lives. And to that, that's fine too. Because you know, at, at the end of the day, at the end of they're the, the ones that yeah. are suffering. And, you know, just as much as it is my job to help my walls come down, it's just as equally important as for me to welcome the people who have now finally let their walls down. It's my turn to clap for the giant cock that, that has bestowed itself upon the eyes of the people of the street. You know, like, you are on a quest of self-discovery, but make it, make it your mission to, to make people comfortable in their pursuit of self-discovery, too. I think that is the most important thing. Because your self-discovery is... You benefit your self-discovery is founded upon the relationships that you build with other people. Just mm -hmm. as we started this conversation. Mm -hmm. We are building relationships constantly. And through those relationships, we, we figure out what we like, what we don't like. Mistakes in these relationships will expose what we, what we want to be, what we don't want to be, and what we want to be, but shouldn't be. Or what we shouldn't be, but we want to be. Like, I wanted to be a gangster when I was seven. <laughs> Realized that I shouldn't. You know, yeah. I wasn't going to be shooting guns and, like, you know, selling drugs on the street. Mm. You know, that, that's something that I thought was awesome. But in, in, in all honesty, I shouldn't have done it. And I didn't mm. do it. Because, you know, rightfully so. Yeah. Not something you should be doing. It's like, it's just, your friends will help you figure out who you are. And they'll be so happy for you once they do. And so it's also your, it's in your interest that you are just as welcoming for everybody else who finally lets those walls come down. You know, I've had people, as my walls come down, you know, I guess proverbial, not proverbial, I would say in a much more discreet way, congratulating me, saying, awesome, you're finally opening up being more open with who you are and who you want to be in public perception. And, you know, it hurt. It felt embarrassing. But it, after a while, it felt good. After, and you, you felt better. Yeah, I felt much better about myself. Because Cause you're being who you are, you can't yeah. feel with yourself. It's like, you know, I had a band-aid on that stopped all the blood from coming out. It hurt like hell. I ripped the band-aid off, all the blood comes out, and then you feel fine afterwards. You know? <laughs> like tearing the band-aid off and, and bleeding out hurts so bad. Oh my god. But once it comes off, you feel good. You're happy. And then it heals up and you're fine. It's it's really not difficult to discover yourself because you have all these great friends that help you do all the heavy lifting. You know, 50% friends are just as important as 100% friends. You know, mm -hmm. the person that gives me a bag of chips as I walk to the chapel might be doing just as much as my best friend of now 11 years ringing me up and saying, what's up? Let's talk. You know? And if 
these are the things that you surround yourself with. These are the things that you think about and actively strive for. Then I would say that you're on the right track. That's just, you know, that's just how it is, especially in high school, because if your walls come down before everyone else, you'll look like an idiot at first, but you'll be the wise one at the end. Because you'll be the grand sage ushering everybody into, I don't know, Olympus. Olympus. Or like you'll be, you'll be Zeus. Zeus. Letting everybody into Olympus after, after yeah, all their after walls. After all, all their walls have come down. After yeah. the real. Let your walls down. Show your cock. <laughs> Show your cock. <laughs> Show your cock. Damn. That yeah. was awesome. That part was awesome. I, I mean, I'm, I'm completely speechless speechless right now because that was so good yeah i mean this this message has to be sent out and i mean i hope that that really like perfectly concludes our podcast i mean i I, this is like it's good stuff it's like it's so good i I don't know i feel i I feel like it got a bit messy i feel like i feel like i did get a bit lost there and i don't think i explained everything as good no it's perfect that's the point of podcast it's it's about expressing your thoughts i mean like a thought can be incomplete. Though. It's 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 you. It's your 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 podcast. Your yeah, show. Yeah. Your this is your time. I mean I mean. Although sometimes you feel it's messy, it's it's just what your brain is or what your yeah. mind is carrying you to do. Yeah. So it's one hundred percent authentic. If you write something and come here and say, Channel, let's talk for fifty three minutes I've about this. I have written an extensive <laughs> script <laughs> about that. Life. That's, would be yeah. bad. <laughs> Not bad, but like it wouldn't have this effect of this authenticity of this yeah. trueness I guess, of, of conversation yeah. that's like bouncing around yeah. that that reaches this point where everything will come together yeah. at the end. Truly. I think that Yeah, it's been an amazing trip. There's been like I mean, you know, I think it's like human for you to stumble over your words i hope everybody else does that i don't feel like i'm even it's it, exactly it's it's, <laughs> it's it's just it's just normal yeah. and it, it, i mean it's like 154 but yeah I, it I is also it, 154 it, it can go forever you know but yeah. i mean tomorrow you got stuff and then school is ending tomorrow <sighs> yeah this is the Everybody's final final podcast of, the, of, the, of, of this year and maybe yeah well the school year you might do one in the year. fall I, I'll definitely continue doing this, but I hope this is not our final podcast. Yeah. We'll definitely, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely try to find a way to get you on again. All right, dude. It's been amazing, bro. It's, it's, and my computer's low battery. But thank you all so much for tuning in to this Bigger Picture podcast episode. And while you, you want to say goodbye. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to what I have to say. (laughs) Thanks for listening to my soft thoughts. Soft thoughts.